Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Another dizzy, crazy week behind us, a big week ahead of us, and the world keeps turning around and it's upside down. It's constantly upside down. I don't know if we're ever going to straighten out again. I'm sick and tired of Donald Trump. I'm sick and tired of he controlling the news every day. There are so many things going on in this world that we should be aware of, uh, should be discussing, and we do not because there's just no time. The man's a master at controlling the news, news networks. Okay, we're going to go tonight to Washington, D.C., Paris, uh, West Virginia, at the Appalachian Mountains, Columbia, Venezuela, Rockland County, New York, Brooklyn, and Sussex, England. I want to start off with what's going to happen on Thursday. Uh, the Mueller report, the redacted version, is going to come out on Thursday. It's going to be a patchwork of colors. Uh, the redacting is done in different colors for different issues they have to eliminate from public viewing. So it's going to be colors, and it's going to look like a patchwork. That's simple. Uh, now, is that where it's going to stop? Or I don't think so. We're not going to get everything we should, no question about it, on Thursday. But I think as time goes on, with the congressional committees pushing to get more, and I think they're entitled to more, leaks are going to come out about this is that, and that's this, and the rope is going to tighten around the throat. And this is now what's the Mueller report in this redacted version that is coming out Thursday is not the end. It's the beginning of the end for Donald Trump as I, I see it. So let's see what happens on Thursday. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. No question about it in my mind. Now I want to go to the issue, the item of major sadness yesterday. Notre Dame Cathedral, Paris, France. Major fire. What a fire. We all saw it on TV. Uh, when the spire came down, and that's, that spire is pretty tall. I understand 300 feet. Uh, it reminded me of the World Trade Center. It's just collapsing down. Different, different calamities. Uh, different tragedies, but that came to my mind again. Look at that spire, the way it's coming down. That's the World Trade Center. Uh, This was nobody screwing around. I don't think this had anything to do with terrorists. There was some negligence. In fact, they they were doing some renovating work there, and probably somebody screwed up. And that's how these lawsuits come up. There's going to be a lot of lawsuits on this thing also. It made me feel terrible. this is this this cathedral. It's part of the Catholic tradition. It's even bigger in the French tradition. Uh, it goes back to the 12th century. The cathedral was originally built in the 12th century. That's the 1100s. It, it's it's done in Gothic style. No one builds Gothic style today. Nevertheless, it has always been viewed as a masterpiece. Uh, it was sad. It is sad. 
Yeah, I describe it as the soul of Paris burned yesterday. The soul of Paris burned. Other people said the heart of Paris burned today. It's the same thing. We all feel the same. Uh, they must have a hell of a fire department because that was a big fire. Don't forget, the roof was all wood of the church. It's been all wood since day one, going back to the 12th century. And the spire is wood. Uh, the walls of the church are stone, and they're still standing, which is good. And the two front towers that look like rectangular, look shoeboxes standing on, an end, on their ends, uh, that is made of stone also, and those did not come down, were not touched. The place can be rebuilt. It will be. It may take eight or ten years, but they will get it done. Uh, the firefighters were very good. They knocked that fire out within eight hours. It was totally extinguished within eight hours. They issued a, 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 a news release at the end of eight hours. The fire is officially extinguished, and we haven't heard any problems today. Major job these guys did. Uh, now, what else are we going to talk about here about this uh, church, this, this beauty uh, within the Roman Catholic Church again and within Paris? Uh, the church, you know, has had a lot of trouble over the years. The the Notre Dame Cathedral. Uh, there was a time when the Huguenots, they were bad guys. Okay, in the 16th century, okay, they rampaged the church, but the church remained standing. Then came the French Revolution in the 18th century, and the people who were involved in bringing on and carrying on the French Revolution weren't necessarily fans of the Catholic Church at the time, and they didn't use the, the uh, cathedral as a church. They used it for meeting rooms and the housing of an organization called the Cult of Reason. This was, you know, this was a time of reason, the French Revolution, and they had a cult of reason, so they had their headquarters there, and they also used the church, would you believe, for a warehouse. And then came the 20th century, two world wars, and there were some small problems, small small damages. The whole church could have been gone if Hitler's orders uh, to his commander in Paris to burn Paris to the ground uh been carried out, but the general was a smart man and said, I can't do this. I can't burn this whole town down. It's wrong. And so Paris was left standing. Uh, the people of Paris are already responding with money to help rebuild this place, to reconstruct it. The first two donations totaled 3.5, no, $350 million dollars. $350 million. Can you imagine? I think one person gave one and a half, $150 million, and the next person gave $200 million. These are very wealthy men. They have wealthy companies in France. I'm sure there will be other gigantic gifts like that, and that's good. It does my heart good to see that this is happening right away. Uh, I don't even know if we do that like in our country like that, if something of this nature went down. Uh a charitable institution and so forth. And what, what some of our big people, like what's his name from Facebook and the other people, they come across Bill Gates with a hundred. They all give money, but a hundred million here and a hundred million there and two hundred million there to help get the ball rolling. Christ was crowned with thorns, if you recall, when he from the time he was arrested to and to the time of his death, uh, hanging on the cross. 
And it was said many, many, many centuries ago that the crown of thorns was found, and it has laid for public view in Notre Dame Cathedral ever since. And the story is that a priest yesterday, not a big shop priest, just a priest, he ran into the cathedral with the fire burning, the fireman telling him to get the hell out of the way. He's going to get hurt. And he was able to get a hold and take out and protect the crown of thorns. It's a good deal. I'm Catholic. You believe in these things, and it's nice that they have them. Uh, Now, what else, what else do I have here about this? That's about it for the time being. Uh, it's a tragedy of major consequence. Again, it's the soul of Paris. It's the heart of Paris that has been hurt. And we shall all feel bad, and I'm sure we all do. And we will be supportive of their efforts in one fashion or another. Which now brings me to... Our President Donald Trump, two days ago, he was on television again. He's always on television, but that's just the way he got elected. And if he gets reelected, that's the way he's going to get reelected. He was in West Virginia, and who was he speaking to? The coal miners. Recall back during the primary, uh, he kept saying, I'm going to bring the coal industry back. In other words, miners of West Virginia, miners of Appalachia, you're going to mine again. You're going to mine coal and the way it's going to be done. I'm owes all those industries that left 15, 20 years ago to go to Europe, all right? Uh, and they used to use your coal here. We're going to bring them back. And when they come back, they're going to buy your coal again to run their plants. Well, they're not doing that. And they're not, they did it a little bit at the beginning two years ago when they got elected. They're not going to do it. Their whole structuring system, their whole manufacturing system, is not dependent upon coal for power. They, they use electrical power. They use nuclear power. They're way ahead of the times. They're not going back. But yet Trump two days ago was telling them, I'm bringing it back. Don't you guys worry. And I felt sorry for these union guys standing there listening to them. They're whooping it up. It's not going to happen. But something is happening in in Appalachian, West Virginia. You see, you can't sit on your ass and wait for the companies to come back. I grew up in Utica, New York. In 1955, we were a big cotton-producing industrial area, all kinds of plants made, underwear, T-shirts. All over the world we shipped. But the town got unionized. And so all these plants went south where there were no unions, so they would not have high production costs. And all of a sudden, we did not have one plant left, and they employed most of the people in town uh, that were doing cotton goods. Well, everyone said, they're going to come back. I'm not going to worry. I saw all these people. They'd sit around all day saying, they're coming back, they're coming back. And the politicians used to tell them, we're bringing them back, don't worry. Well, this all happened between 55 and 65. This is now 2019, and they still haven't come back. People don't talk that way anymore, but they talked that way for about 40 years. In other words, they didn't take care of themselves. These things aren't going to come back. The coal industry is not going to come back, and the people have to open their eyes. And some of the people are doing it already in West Virginia. Here's what's happening. Turns out, and I didn't know this, West Virginia has a lot of bugs. They're known for bugs. I know that sounds strange, but you can make money with bugs. They're known for bugs. And the second biggest industry 
In West Virginia, for the last hundred years, the first industry was coal, was being a beekeeper, making honey, raising honey, and selling the honey. Yes, <laughs> that's the second biggest business for the last hundred years in West Virginia. And they, people become beekeepers. They, work, they do things in their backyard. Well, a not-for-profit group was started. And this not-for-profit group holds classes for these people who are out of work from the coal business and said, look, get into this. Become a beekeeper. You'll make a living. You'll make a decent living. But you got to know how. And it's not-for-profit. There's no money to these workers who are out without work. They go to class, they learn. Now they need clothing, they need boxes, they need certain type of equipment to be a beekeeper. They also receive all of this at the end of the course for free so they can go home to their backyard and become a beekeeper. Isn't that wild? And they're doing it down there now, and they've been doing it for a couple of years. We don't hear it. This is one of the things we never hear about, which is wrong, I think. And maybe even Donald Trump doesn't know about it. Uh, because they're not going to come back as a coal industry community. They've got to come back with something else. And let me tell you, they have so many bugs down there. Everything I read says need a lot of beekeepers. It's a major industry ship worldwide. Okay, now there's 15 cities, by the way, just in the state of West Virginia that are being hurt dramatically because of the loss of the coal jobs over the years. 15 cities in one state. Would you believe it? Okay, we are now at something very, very interesting. This, this is shocking. This is shocking. It should irritate the hell out of you. Uh, the F-35, it's our new super-duper plane. It's about two years old. F-35. This, is, this plane costs $1.5 trillion to make. One plane costs one. $0.5 trillion to make. We're making them and have been making them big time for our Air Force. We have made them big time and sold them to China. We have we've even sold to Japan. They get to, they get to, we sold them to China, we sold them to Japan. I don't know who the hell else we're selling them to. Everybody wants the F-35. And why do they want the F-35? It's called a stealth. S-T-E-A-L-T-H, I think, plane. What is a stealth plane? You can't see it. I've never seen one, but how can I see one if you can't see it? You can't see it when it's flying over and when it's coming in. There's something about the way that for $1.5 trillion, it's advanced. Uh, for the way it operates, you cannot see it, and that's why they call it a stealth plane. Just last October, what, five months ago, six months ago, Donald Trump said, this is the greatest airplane ever. You can't see it. And if you can't see it, it's got to be terrific, and we're the only ones making this plane. Okay. Now comes Venezuela. And all of a sudden, Trump sees the humanitarian aspect of what's going on in Venezuela. Uh, the people are starving, okay? They have no power. Well, where the hell was he five years ago when they started starving? That's when he should have become a humanitarian. Five years ago, they ran out of food. They ate their pets. When they ran out of their pets, they attacked the zoos, killed the animals, and ate the animals. Then they ate foliage and leaves. Then they ate the grass. Then they dug up the earth and took the roots and cooked them and ate them. 
and now they eat whatever they can get. They train themselves. The population of Venezuela eats every other day, even babies. They've trained themselves to eat every other day. But this thing's been going on for five years. All of a sudden, it's a humanitarian thing. Why is it a humanitarian thing? Not because he cares about them. He cares about no one, including the American people. He only cares about himself and his family. The reason he cares is because Venezuela has the largest oil reserves in the world. Uh, you wonder, how can they be broke with the oil reserves? They're just not handling it well. But they have the largest oil reserves in the world. Now, who else wants those oil reserves? Russia wants those oil reserves. And China's backing Russia in the deal. Now, we sent troops to the Colombia border Venezuela-Colombia border. I think we sent 3,500, 4,500 troops a month ago. So we would be ready in case the decision was made to attack Venezuela on humanitarian grounds. Well, we never did. Uh, there was just a meeting a few days ago, also in Washington, Trump and all his bigwigs uh, in the military. They had a conference on what they were going to do next with Venezuela. Should they attack? When would they attack? They ain't ever going to attack Venezuela. Let me tell you why. It's very simple. We start with the F-35. You're not going to believe what I want to tell you. The F-35 doesn't work the way it's supposed to. It ain't a stealth bomber and fighter plane. It's a combination. You can see it. Isn't that amazing? $1.5 trillion, and you can see the plane that you're not supposed to see. Now, if our troops go over the border from Colombia into Venezuela, they need air cover. Turns out. This is, I, I don't understand these things. We're supposed to have the greatest military in the world. And Venezuela should have, they don't have food, they don't have power, but they got some, some good things. They have a radar system, S-300 radar system. It's, a, it's, a, it's like the F-35 plane. It's something new and a big deal. And this uh, S-300 radar system all also has guns or something. All I know is this. The S-300 radar gun system that Venezuela has is superior to our F-35, even if the planes were stealth, which they're not, okay? This radar system picks them up and sends the missiles out right away, and the experts are telling us that the S-300 radar system that Venezuela has, that was made, by the way, by Russia and China, has is 85 to 90% effective. In other words, 85 to 90% of the planes that are coming in to give cover to our ground troops are going to be blown out of the sky immediately. Isn't this wonderful, this plane we developed <laughs> for $1.5 trillion? This is amazing. Hard to believe, isn't it? In the meantime, another reason we're not going to go to war, Russia has already sent several bombers in, has sent hundreds of troops in, and they're on Venezuelan soil. Now, if we attack Venezuela, we're into a world war with Russia. No question about it. Trump can't be that crazy, or maybe he is. I mean, we're, we're not, we shouldn't even start a war over Venezuela. Uh, stupid. But he is he's lighting a match, you know, in a dangerous area. He's striking the match. And Russia ain't going to put up with our shit. They want that oil as bad as we do. And Putin's no fool. I think we have the makings of a standoff here because we don't have the stealth plane, the S-300, 
uh, uh, radar system is much better than anything we have. Uh, they can knock out our missiles, 85 to 90 percent of them also. We never heard about this before. Uh, and that's the story. And Russia, Russia wants that oil, too, and so does China. They're behind them. So that's the story of the SF-35, $1.5 trillion plane that's a dud. Okay, veterans, suicides. We're hearing about this today. Twenty veterans a day die by suicide in the United States. Can you imagine 20 young people, 20 people, male and female, who went to fight to defend us, to preserve our freedoms in our country, are killing themselves. Something has to be wrong. They need medical attention, psychiatric attention. They need drugs. They're not getting them. All right? You know, and we don't read about this. This is what irritates me. This should be in the media. This should be in the media every day. 20 more people die today because we should do something for these people. They gave their all for us. They did something for us. You know, when someone joins the, the military, the Army, Navy, whatever, uh, they don't have to stand in line when they sign in. They're treated like royalty. Oh, sit down here, sign the paper here. They don't have to stand in line. Why today do they have to stand in line to get medical attention, to get drugs, to get attended to in a vet's hospital and so forth? It doesn't make sense to me. They have to stand for the benefits where when they went initially, they didn't have to stand. It's all wrong, and we've got to pay attention to this. We're losing 20 people a day who we owe something Two. All right. I'm back. I'm back to the border now, the southern border, which I haven't talked about yet tonight. Trump says now he's going to get even with the sanctuary cities. He hates the fact that hundreds of cities across the country said, "We're not going. To, if the immigrants come here, we're going to let them stay here, and we're not going to work with the federal officials to come in and arrest them and take their kids away and everything else. And I think the sanctuary city concept is very good because the president's concept stinks. Take the babies out of a mother's arms. Put the kids in cages. Put the family in cages. This is bullshit. This is the United States of America, and this is how we treat people. You know, we got to watch out. What goes around comes around. And we're slowly moving behind the eight ball in a lot of regards. And... These kind of things can happen here. You know, we're, we're, we're not secure, even though we got oceans on both sides anymore. Look, the, the, the F-35 doesn't work. And Venezuela, that has nothing, has a superior radar and gunnery system to knock our planes out, 85 to 90% of them that are up in the air. Okay, now, uh, he's gonna have, he says he's going to move the immigrants coming in the southwest border by bus to the various sanctuary cities and dump them. Well, you can't do that. Not because Lewis said you can't do it. It's against the law. (laughs) This man doesn't pay any attention to the law. There's something called the Posse Comitatus Act. I've talked about it in the past. Posse, P-O-S-S-E. Remember in the old days of the West when somebody robbed the bank or something, the sheriff would get a posse together and they'd go off into the night on their horses. This thing got passed around 1875, this Posse Comitatus Act, and it's the same concept. Anyhow, it's wrong, it's illegal to use the military to perform any 
domestic services or domestic food of it, things of a domestic nature. Like he wants them to build a tent city in the sanctuary cities. He wants them to build plywood houses. He wants them to accompany them, to transport them. He wants them to carry their guns. All he has them doing right now, you know, he's got, what, 6,000, 6,500 soldiers on the southwest border. They're putting the barbed wire every day up. There's got to be a lot of barbed wire going up. I can't understand it. But they, they can't carry their guns, and they can't shoot a gun. It's illegal for our military to shoot a gun within the confines of the borders of the United States because it's illegal, okay, to divert money for political purposes to settle political scores. To divert money for political purposes to settle political scores. And this is what Trump's trying to do. You can't do it. Because we recognized, our government recognized years ago, that the president is the commander-in-chief of our military. As commander-in-chief, he could tell his guys, uh, go wipe out New York City. I don't like what Mayor de Blasio's doing. Uh, and he could get away with it, but it's against the law. We can't use the military for anything within our borders. It has to be outside of our borders. But he insists he can do it, and he wants to do it. Also, the experts have told him since this idea came out in the past couple of weeks that he's going to move uh, the immigrants into sanctuary cities. Where's the money going to come from? The figures that have come out show that this would be an extremely expensive exercise, and they all want to know where the hell are we going to get the money to do this. So that's the story there. Which brings me now to the prophet Isaiah. I love it how I get all, I go all, get all over the place here. The prophet Isaiah. I'm going to give you a quote by Isaiah. It's hundreds of years old, thousands of years old. Good quote, though. Prophet Isaiah said, now I want you to listen to me as I read this quote and think of who it applies to. I begin. Woe, W-O-E. Woe unto those who legislate evil and rob the poor of their rights. I repeat, woe unto those who legislate evil and rob the poor of their rights and make women and children their prey. And make women and children their prey. If Isaiah was around today, who would he be talking about? The man that lives at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I want to talk quickly about uh, Stephen Miller. Stephen Miller is absolutely no good. He sits at the right hand of Donald Trump in the White House. Uh, he's been there from day one. Why he never got moved around, I don't know. He and Bannon went in there together, worked hand in hand. Bannon got chapped out. Miller's still there. He runs the immigration uh, system for Donald Trump. He's the man behind the scenes that tells Trump what to do. Forget Homeland Security and everything else. Uh He is, in effect, the immigration warlord. He is considered a Rasputin. He has the same role that Rasputin had with the Tsar and Tsarist of Russia. Uh, He he takes control of people's minds and makes them do what they want. Uh, And any time he does something wrong, his fingerprints are are never on what results. He always comes out clean. He's Teflon. He's Teflon. He's Teflon. Kirsten Nielsen. The Homeland Security Secretary got fired last week. He put the knife in her back. No one disputes it. He knifed her in the back. That's what he does. 
He's the architect. He is considered the architect of Trump's cruel immigration policies. Uh, Here's what he does, and this is what they say about him in Washington. He will tell you to jump. If you don't ask him how high and jump that high, you're fired. You're gone. You're yesterday's news. This is the type of mentality the man is. He writes most of the immigration speeches, by the way, for Trump. He reminds me of Joseph Goebbels. We call Joseph Goebbels. He was Adolf Hitler's propaganda minister. In fact, if you look at a picture of Miller and a picture of Goebbels, they look alike. (laughs) It's amazing. But he's always reminded me, and I've been saying this for the last couple of years, he's Joseph Goebbels. Uh, And bad guy hurting us, and a lot of the immigration stuff is coming out of him. Uh, That's the show for tonight. I I, I got much more here, but unfortunately I only have a half hour. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. I love doing this show. And I, I, I so appreciate that you come and listen every week. And you must be telling your friends about it because word keeps spreading. And I've been saying this for the last several weeks. My numbers go up every week. I can't believe it. I get more and more listeners every week. Where are they coming from? Uh, it's just an exciting thing for me. And it must be an exciting thing for those of you who listen. I hope it is. It must be. Anyhow, you have a good week. Uh, let's hope nothing real bad happens in the next week. And we'll be talking again next Tuesday night. Good night.